What's good, family? We know you're enjoying today's episode of New New Magodcast with none other than Norman Brown, the professor. But we had to interrupt briefly to tell you about Norman's latest book. Recently, with all that's been happening with the pandemic, many have had questions. And in May 2020, Norman was hospitalized for nine days with COVID-19. When he came out of the hospital, he came out with a powerful testimony of how God saved him from death and his inspiration to write his newest book, Covert COVID-19, An Attack on Kingdom Agendas. Now, in this book, he shares his personal story of how he was attacked by the spirit that causes this virus as he declared war while he was writing this book, but he overcame it through faith, prayer, and fasting. In the book, he shares the revelation that God gave him about how this virus affected and exposed certain things about the church at large, which are necessary for believers to understand what's going on and this new thing God is doing in the earth. His book is available for download today on Amazon, so get your copy today. Hey, this is Bill Vanderbush, and I want to encourage you to check out my friend Norman Brown and his podcast called New Numa, and you can go to newnuma.com to find it. It's P-N-E-U-P-N-E-U-M-A.com. Norman talks about everything from identity to grace to diversity to unity to reconciliation, and his desire really is the same as what's on my heart, and that is to bring people together to be the kingdom of God, to express the love and grace of Jesus here on the earth. I highly encourage you to check out Norman Brown and the New Numa podcast. You are tuned in to the New Numa Godcast, hosted by Norman Brown, a.k.a. Professor, where we address the taboo from a biblical view. Our podcast is all about real talk with new life. And quite frankly, you'll either love it or you won't, because we deal with tough topics that the church rarely touches. Somebody's got to do it, and that's why we exist. So just sit back, chill, and enjoy the ride, because it's going to be good. Peace. What's good, everybody? This is New Numa Godcast. I'm your host, Norm, a.k.a. The Professor. Listen, today I wanted to um, talk about something that recently broke in the news and it's about this case with R. Kelly. For those of you who are outside of the United States and don't know who R. Kelly is, I'm going to break it down for you a little bit. R. Kelly is a um, very famous R&B singer who started out, broke out in the 90s with his, uh, his group called Public Announcement. And... Um, they just kind of like, you know, they blew up on the scene. I mean, really, they they took the scene by storm, and they blew up overnight. But then there came a point in time where R. Kelly broke it off, and he, he did his own thing. He became a solo artist and did his thing by himself. And after that time, over the years, he's just gone from one thing to another as far as one success to another, success to another, and he just been one of the more successful R&B singers of the 90s. 
of of our time, the nineties up till now. Um, but over the years, there were rumors about R. Kelly that some could not, most of them could not be confirmed. Matter of fact, none of them could really be confirmed. There was only one that kind of was getting confirmed, but it never really hit the news like that, and it never was blown up and never was made an issue out of. But people had heard about it and wondered, you know, like, what what truth was there to it? And that was the rumor which turned out to be the truth, and it was about him being married to Aaliyah. So for those of you who don't know who Aaliyah is, Aaliyah is also a very famous R&B singer who was alive. Um, I'm be honest with you. I don't remember exactly when she died, but I know that she died in a plane crash. And I'm going to say something. Some people might get upset about this, but I don't care because it is what it is. It's the truth. Aaliyah did a movie called Queen of the Damned that she filmed right before her death. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, I think she was still in the middle of filming it when the crash occurred. And the crash was like, from what I heard, was not even a crash that should have happened. It was too much of a routine type of flight for her to crash like she did. But the point I'm making is this. The point I'm making is that there was a reason why her crash occurred like it did and when it did. Aaliyah opened herself up to the demonic realm in such a big way that there was no saving her from whatever the consequences of that would be. And some people listening to this don't understand um, certain things, spiritual things. You might disagree with me, and that's fine if you disagree. That's fine. Um, I really, that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast, because a lot of people want to understand the Bible. They want to understand spiritual things. They want to know how the Bible is relevant to what's going on in the world today. And that's the whole purpose of New Numa, is to show the relevance of the Bible in today's world. So one of the things that I just want to point out is that when a person does certain things that are associated with spiritual things, they either open themselves up to good things or bad things. And in the case of Aaliyah, she opened herself up to satanic things that are obviously bad. Calling herself the queen of the damned, that's like, you might as well say Satan's wife. That's what you might as well have called her. 
I mean, what else can you equate that to if you say you're the queen of the damned? And for her to thought to play that part like, oh, yeah, that's what I need to be playing, she was 20-something. I don't know exactly her age. I don't remember. But I know she was in her 20s when this happened, when she crashed and died. And I believe she was either engaged to Damon Dash or she was definitely his girlfriend. One of the two. The point is, is that it was a sad, very, very sad situation. And for her to have died that way, it was, it was just sad. Now, I want to go back to, because we're talking about R. Kelly, not Aaliyah. But the fact that Aaliyah even went in that direction says a lot about what she experienced as a young girl coming up in the music industry and getting to that point just before she died. You know, um, so it speaks volumes of what types of things she experienced and what types of things she was opened up to. And so now, going back to what we're basically getting at, we're talking about R. Kelly, and we're talking about how he has um, recently been convicted on, I believe they said, all counts of what he was being charged with in this particular court case, the recent one. Um, he was convicted on all counts, and he's facing possibly life. I mean, based on what I saw, I think it's 20 years for each count, which I think is over eight counts or something like that. So based on that alone, if it is up to 20, I think it's a minimum of five or something like that for each. I don't know exactly what it was. But the point is is that it's going to be a lot of years. And he still has not faced the charges for another thing that he's going to be faced with in, um, for, I think, federal court. But here's the point I'm trying to make is that all these years that people celebrated him, listened to his music, thought that, you know, he was like one of the best ever to do music and stuff like that. And then even when all these allegations would come up and whatnot, people would kind of like overlook it and just keep on listening to his music, playing his music at the parties and all this kind of stuff. Now, this brings up a question. If a person has made good music, but then, or music that, sounded good, and then later on you found out that they did some horrible stuff, would that mean that their music should no longer be listened to, or would that mean that their music is no longer good, or would that mean that, you know, if you hear their music anymore, hear their voice like that, you should be disgusted? That's a question just to ponder. I'm not going to give an answer to that. I'm just giving it as a question to ponder. Now, there's something that um, is 
very ironic about this because, see, here's the thing. In the world, we've been seeing that there's certain people that supposedly are, you know, what we would call R&B singers, and then they come out with certain types of songs, and then next thing you know, they're doing a song, I Believe I Can Fly, and all this kind of stuff, and then, you know, people act like, oh, they must be a gospel singer now or something, or or that means that they're Christian now or whatever. The bottom line is this. I say this about anybody and everybody. If a person is of God, there's going to be fruit that shows that they are of God. If they are not of God, then there's going to be fruit that shows that they are not of God. The bottom line is you can look at a person's life and you can see whether they have fruit of God or not of God by just looking at their life, paying attention to the fruit, the unspoken stuff, the stuff that's just obvious and staring you in your face. And here's the thing about R. Kelly. I mean, these allegations kept coming up. There were supposedly tapes out that showed certain things that he was doing with young girls and things of that nature. Um, people have confirmed that it was definitely him doing those things to underage girls. And over the years, he's done things to be able to pay people off and things like that so that things would get swept under the rug and so-called forgotten. But apparently there was people that were not going to let it just go like that. And they kept on pursuing it even over the years. And now here in the midst of the, I guess you could say the, I don't know what I would call it, but I would just say still close to the Me Too movement type of stuff. Now this gets brought to light again, and now he gets convicted. The question is, did he ever have an opportunity where he could have repented? And I believe the answer is yes. He could have repented. Um, can he still repent? Yes, he may repent even now. What is him repenting going to do? It may not do anything for his natural life, but it would definitely do something for his eternal destination. Now, in this situation, I just want to be very clear on something that, you know, I already can tell you that most people on this planet are not really forgiving there are not many people on this planet that are forgiving when you compare to the all of the all the numbers of people on the planet. Most people on this earth are not forgiving people. Definitely not in the truest sense of forgiveness. And with that being said, that means that a lot of people are actually um of the mindset that if somebody is convicted of something or whatever, never forget it and always hold it over the 
over the top of their head and always make sure that you remind them of and all this other kind of stuff. That's how most people are. And that's why even if R. Kelly is forgiven by God, people, unless they are the people that were the victims of what he did, probably most of them, if not all of them, will not forgive him ever. But I want to tell you something that might blow your mind about that. Them not forgiving him has already condemned them. I'm going to tell you how crazy this is. You might not understand this, but it's the truth. Forgiveness is not for the person that you say you are forgiving, but forgiveness is for you, the one who is doing the forgiving. Why? Because God said that we should forgive. And he says if we do not forgive, we cannot be forgiven. So this is how crazy this really could get. R. Kelly could go to jail, spend the rest of his life in jail, but at some point in time he might say, you know what, I realize that I have really, really messed up and I know that Jesus is the only way to get me out of this mess. And when I say get me out of this mess, I'm not saying get him out of jail, but at least get him out of a situation where he is condemned for eternity. Because that jail cell is one thing. And as horrible as that is, it's still much better than all those people that's in hell. Guaranteed. It is far better than that situation. And this is how how really, I don't even know how to say this, but I'm just going to say this is how powerful forgiveness is. That if that man asked God, asked Jesus to forgive him for what he's done, and he truly repents for what he did, that he could be saved and spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ based on that, even if he was in jail for the rest of his life on the planet. But those women, whoever was a victim of whatever he did, if they choose not to forgive him, they could spend the rest of eternity in hell. Now, I need, I need you to really, really think about this because this is a very powerful thing that I'm saying right now. Lots of people don't understand this. A lot of people really do not understand this. But in order for you to really understand what's going on um, with why Jesus did what he did, why forgiveness is such a big thing, why forgiveness of sins is such a, an issue in the whole plan of salvation, you need to understand it. We need to understand this. It's a big deal. 
And Jesus even said it like this. If you, if you forgive, you will be forgiven. Then it also talks about how the word of God also talks about how to whom um, uh, is forgiven much, love is much. For whom, who, whom, for who is whoever, I can't exactly know. It's for whom is forgiven much or for who is forgiven much is also that they also love much. If you've been forgiven much, you will love much. In other words, if God has forgiven you of a lot of things, you will love him very much because of that. You will love a lot like you know that you are forgiven of a lot. So it's almost like showing of, of appreciation for how you were treated even though you did what you did in the past. The dirt that you did, you know what you did, and you're like, wait a minute, God forgave me of all of that? Wow, I got to love God. So the point is, is that as as far from you understanding that as it may be, you might not be able to understand how that's possible, why it's possible, what does that mean. You might be mad about it. You might be angry because you're like, you mean to tell me this person that did these evil things, blah, 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 could be forgiven by God? And they would never have to go to hell and this, this, and that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Now, what does that tell you about God? What it should be telling you about God is how deep his love is for us, how deep forgiveness goes for him. That's what it should be telling you about God. See, because God is not a sucker. <laughs> So when you know that, when you already understand that about God, that he's not a sucker, then you're going to also understand, wow, if he's not a sucker and he knows what he's doing, he knows why he's doing it. I have to trust that God, he knows better than me. And therefore, if he's forgiving, I have to forgive. This is the way that we have to look at things because that's how God views it. So, having said that, the worst of sinners can be saved. I'm even going to say like this. If Hitler had asked for God's forgiveness after the atrocities that he did, God would have forgiven him. If he had asked Jesus to come into his heart and forgive him and cleanse him of sin and all that, Jesus would have done that. you find that hard to believe? Are you appalled that God would allow that, that Jesus would allow that, that Jesus would do that for him? Does it disgust you? Because I feel like, to be honest, when I listen to a lot of people who are not Christians, I think that what really makes them angry about Jesus is the fact that he will forgive somebody who has done atrocious things. And that person will not have eternal consequences because of that. I think that people who are angry about these things are angry for that reason. They want that person to suffer. 
there's many Jews to this day, I'm sure, that want Hitler to suffer in hell. They wanted him to suffer in hell. Um, I can tell you that based on what I've heard about Hitler, he definitely did not become a Christian before he died. So he is burning in hell. And I'm not going to say whether that's by design or what. I'm just going to say that he was not that type of person that uh, God was going to show up one day and the guy would turn his life around and then he'd become the greatest crusader for Christ or whatever. He was not that guy. He died in his sin, and he is burning forever in hell. He is being tortured in hell. And there are many other people who are like him, who were like him, who the same thing is happening to them now. And there are people who were or are like that right now that will be burning in hell because they would never accept Jesus into their heart. I'm saying all this to say this. It's possible that at some point in time, at some point in time, uh, R. Kelly will become born again. I heard that Ted Bundy became a Christian before he died. And Ted Bundy was a very notorious serial killer. And I'm going to be honest with you. There's been times where I struggle with the thought of, okay, how is it that a serial killer could live, kill people, and then those people could possibly have gone to hell, but then he gets to go to heaven. <laughs> I've struggled with this thought in my own mind before, that how much sense that makes. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, did the people that he killed have a chance to give their life to Jesus? Did they have an ample opportunity to give their life to Jesus? Because, you know, the Bible says that, the day you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. How many people have heard about Jesus? They heard his voice. They were drawn. The Holy Spirit was drawing them, and they did not come. They did not. They refused to come to Jesus. They refused to accept his outstretched hand. They refused to. Uh, grab, as it were, the olive branch. How many people? And the one thing that I say to people all the time, and I recently heard, uh, um, I think his, I think the way he pronounced his last name is Weiss. Maybe he pronounced it Wise, but his name is Bill Wise. He was saying the same thing that I've said to people for years. God does not send anybody to hell. That person's decision send them to hell. And what is the biggest decision that everyone has that sends them to hell or causes them to have eternal life? It is the acceptance and or rather the rejection of Jesus. Everything about our eternal our eternal 
destination revolves around whether you accept or reject Jesus. Jesus said a statement that everybody should pay attention to. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There's several implications of that statement. One of the implications is that he is God. When you see me, you've seen the Father. That is the most important implication of that statement, by the way. Now, thinking about that from that perspective, that should tell you a lot about why it's so important to either to accept Jesus rather. Because when you've accepted Jesus, you've welcomed him into your life. Now he has authorization to start to do a work in your heart and in your mind and in your life, sanctifying spirit, soul, and body. He has that access to you now. So that's the reason why it's so important to know about Jesus and to accept Jesus into one's life. Because once you accept him, you've accepted all that comes with him, his grace, his mercy, forgiveness, all kinds of things. You know, there was some uh there was a situation in the Bible where Jesus addressed something with Pharisees and stuff and he was saying, You guys are caught up in all this stuff about, you know, tithing of mint whatever the other stuff was that he said that they were tithing. It was three things that they were tithing. And he was like, But you've neglected the weightier matters of the law. And he said, justice, mercy, and there was another one. I apologize if I'm not remembering exactly. I'm going to look it up right now so that I can read it to you because I know you guys, you want to get into the word like me. So we're going to get it. Let's get it. We're going to get this scripture. Chapter 23, verse 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. So, the bottom line is this. When he said weightier, that word means heavy in weight, metaphorically burdensome, severe, stern, violent, cruel, unsparing. 
And again, it, it means burdensome, grave, weighty. And it's from the same thing as uh, another word that means going through the notion of going down, weight, authority, abundance, a load, figuratively. This is a load, abundance, and this authority. So the point is, is that when we look at these things, we're seeing that God, through Jesus, was showing people, listen, man, this thing is much more important than what you are emphasizing right now. Justice, mercy, faith. Judgment, rather, mercy and faith. Let's see. What What is judgment? Judgment is a separating, a trial, contest, selection, opinion or decision given concerning anything, sentence of condemnation, it is, by extension, a tribunal. By implication, justice, specifically divine law. Accusation, condemnation, damnation. That's what that word, that's what that word judgment means. So, of course, mercy, it means kindness or goodwill towards the miserable and the afflicted, joined with the desire to help them. It is compassion, human or divine. And, of course, you have faith, which is, which is the Greek word pistis in this situation, which means conviction of the truth of anything, belief. In the New Testament of a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, generally with the included idea of trust and holy fervor born of faith and joined with it. It means persuasion, credence, moral conviction of religious truth or the truthfulness of God or of a, or a religious teacher, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation, abstractly constancy in such professions, by, by extension the system of spiritual truth itself. I, I must clarify something because this is coming from the the uh, concordance which is written by a man named Strong James Strong who was living in a time when they weren't focusing on words like kingdom and spiritual they would call things religious I just want to clarify that that religious that he's saying in here is not the same religious that we're talking about these days when we talk about this, a religious spirit being religious, meaning doing things out of a tradition or some some kind of ritual, but there's no real connection to the Lord. There's no, it's not being done out of relationship. We're talking about relationship over religion. So, having said that, I just want to say that um, 
I pray that even in the midst of this situation with R. Kelly, that not only will his victims find a way to forgive him for their own sake, but that he will repent of the things he's done and that he will truly seek God in a humble way to be forgiven of what he has done and that he will be himself saved and then possibly become an example to those that are in prison with him. And maybe he'll be able to find some type of fulfillment and some type, some type of ministry within the prison cell. This is only something that I would hope. I don't know what his future holds. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how he plans to live. But hopefully that will be the outcome. That's where I... That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping, rather. So with that being said, thank you again for listening to New Numa Godcast. Make sure you subscribe to the to the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. If you have it, if you don't have iTunes, any of the other major platforms that are out there, subscribe. Um, also, get on our email list. Go to the website, www.newnuma.com, and, uh, or you can email us at new.numa.podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you email me, um, get on that email list, and I'll be sending out emails about various things periodically. I don't believe in spam. I hate it. So believe me, you won't be getting a whole lot of emails from me. You'll just get necessary emails from me, okay? And um, make sure you give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you are on iTunes, and also a really inspirational comment, too, to help others to know, to realize that this is a podcast that they want to listen to. Thank you again for supporting us. If you are able to and you are feeling it, please, also, if you have cash app, Support me financially. The mission definitely needs to be supported financially. I don't speak on it a lot, but I hope that you all realize all bills have to be paid by money. <laughs> so with that being said, if you want cash app, cash app, dollar sign, new NUMA. Dollar sign, new NUMA. If you are on PayPal, then please make sure you uh, do wordlifecafe at gmail.com. That's going to be how you get us through PayPal, and um, we appreciate it. Definitely appreciate all of your support. Thank you again for listening to New Numa Godcast. Peace. What's up, family? This is Norman. Thanks for listening to New Numa. We appreciate you, and that includes your feedback. What do you like most about the podcast? What are your favorite subjects? What types of guests would you like to hear more? Shoot us an email today at new.numa.podcast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts. Peace.